If you're done with your group and you want to go round number two, go for it. Put some, somebody else in the middle. Don't wait for me. If you're done with number one and put somebody else in, you do it just for a little bit. You pray in tongues, and then you quiet and wait, and then you do it. This is the last round, so we've got about two minutes left. So everyone, popcorn prophecy and speak over your person. This is prophecy. This is what's taking place in the future. This is what God has for this person. All right, everybody. If you're in the middle of giving a prophecy to somebody, just think about it and 
see their faces and afterwards you can keep on giving it to them. But um, who of you got something and it was like, wow, that's the first time it's ever happened. Some people have been around for a while and you're used to getting stuff, but who of you are like, that's amazing. I got something that was surprising. Anyone? Anyone? Wow. Yeah, like surprising that, wow, God gave me this and it was really cool. Like, that's amazing that I saw that or heard that or something. And then the people who were prophesied over, were you blessed? People were blessed. Okay, and now I am going to ask you, um, and don't be shy. Was there anyone who didn't get anything and you feel like, wow, this, I didn't get anything? It's okay. Because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be praying for you by myself then. Anyone who didn't get anyone, anything? Hmm? You didn't get anything? Oh, yeah. In other words, you didn't receive anything to pray over somebody else. So God didn't show you anything. Lola. All right, we'll talk afterwards. Okay, so that is amazing, and we're going to... Go back to our seats for the last little bit. And David's going to come bring us. You guys are awesome. Right. That was amazing. That was wonderful. I love it when people get involved, you know, and it's it's uh, it's very encouraging that we all hear from God. Amen. And Jesus was telling Nicodemus, you know, if you're born again, you can see. We just got to get over that logic and reason barrier that says, oh, that's just me. Right. We got to get over. Because Jesus said that world, the one in here, it's more real than than this. That's hard to believe. That whole brain just, just doesn't go go there. But I just want to take a few minutes before I get onto that to, to revisit a few things that Nicole was talking about, the fivefold. Because the fivefold, she wonderfully talked about, is the person is the gift. The gifts of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is the gift working through you. But the person is a gift. You can't separate that person from the gift. And if you've read anything about Smith Wigglesworth or some of these men of old, people didn't like being around them because they were a certain way. It was, it was truth, and it was rah, rah. And we talk about him now because he's dead, and, we, and we, we rejoice in his life. But at the time, he was a hard man to live with. You know, I heard the story when, when his wife passed on. She passed on before him. She passed out right there on the bed. He picked her up, put her up on the wall and said, come back. I command you, spirit, to come back in you. She came back. Said, what do you want, Smith? 
why don't you let me go? He says, not till you give me your anointing. <laughs> she gave it to him and passed back out. It was just like amazing. I mean, just some of the boldness. But Chris Valentin explains it better than anyone I've ever heard. He said, the fivefold ministry, um, think of it as a soda fountain. In a soda fountain, you've got, let's say you have five flavors, Coke, Dr. Pepper, Sprite, um, false prophet, Diet Coke, <laughs> right? No, and then, <laughs> I'm kidding. And then I see, you've got, you've got five things. What do they all have in common? Soda water, right? So think of the soda water as grace. Ephesians 4 says, he himself gave some to be apostles and prophets, pastors and teachers. He said, there was a grace that was giving according to the measure of Christ's gift. So each one of those gifts has grace. And it tells us that the fivefold are sent to bring us into a complete man, to the measure and stature of Christ, right? They're to teach us how to function in the kingdom. We receive grace. Jesus was talking and he said, uh, if you receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, you receive prophet's reward. Well, what if a prophet comes to your church and you only receive him as the righteous man? You're not going to receive prophetic grace from that person. And so if you measure in pastors, you measure in teachers, you measure in evangelists, but you're a nonprofit organization, you don't, you don't honor prophets or apostles, you're going to be two-fifths shy when it comes to the end of your life. There's different grace, five different kinds of grace, he says, that are going to complete us and to bring us into that. So we need to be conscious of that. When somebody comes and they're, they're called an apostle, don't question that. Just say, God, I don't know what this is about, but I'm going to receive apostolic grace today. Amen? Because I want to be fully perfected. And there's a lot of teachers you can, you can hear messages from that function in apostleship, that function in prof prophecy and all. And you can receive grace from them through teachings online as well. But value determines reward in the kingdom. Just remember that. What you honor, you can, you can receive from, right? What you value, you can, you can have, right? And I like to think of the fivefold as a company structure. Apostle is a CEO. He's got oversight. He sees the whole function of it. He understands how it works. He doesn't get locked into any one thing. And a prophet is like an IT director. They help you hook up your phone. Right? Get your computer online. I mean, they get you focused on the word of the Lord. An evangelist, like an HR recruiter, their job is to bring in souls, right? If you've got an evangelist that runs a church and what, what you're proposing to do with the money doesn't benefit going out and bringing the sheep in, ain't going to happen, right? You can tell when an, when an evangelist is pastor of a church. Everything has to do with bringing people in, Right? And every, every Sunday is a message on getting saved. <laughs> so. A pastor is like a departmental manager or a supervisor, right? If it doesn't benefit the sheep, we're not going to spend money on it, right? We're not going to focus on that. The sheep have to be comforted. They have to be cared for. A teacher is like a continuing education trainer. They just want to spit it out, and this is what you do, and... Here, let's raise each other up. Anyway, this just wanted to touch on that real quick. But the main part of this is uh, prophetic identity and processing a prophetic word. How many of you were able to bring a prophecy today? You've, you've had a prophetic word that you've transcribed and you've got that written. There are four basic parts to a prophetic word. There's the inspiration, 
the declaration, interpretation, and then the application. And I want to take Daniel chapter 2 to kind of walk through this. It was the story where Nebuchadnezzar, good old Nebi, had a dream. And, you know, Daniel was considered one of the astrologers and the soothsayers and the magicians. And, you know, he didn't really make a big deal about that because he was kind of in a captive place, you know. He was just one of them. He didn't, he didn't say, oh, king, you don't understand. I'm a prophet of the Lord. You know, he didn't define that. He just functioned and he, and he served God right where he was. But the, the, in Daniel 2.19, it says that the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision of the night. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. So Daniel got the inspiration through a dream. What Nebuchadnezzar had had was a dream, and he was requiring the magicians of the time to come tell him what the dream was and then interpret it for him. And all the, the normal guys were saying, dude, you're crazy. Nobody, there's not a man on earth who can tell you what you dreamed and then tell you what it means. But Daniel asked him to give him a little time, and he went and sought the Lord. And that's what happened in Daniel 2.19. The declaration came in 2.31 through 35. And so Daniel explains the dream. King, you were watching. You behold a great image, the great image whose splendor was excellent. It stood before you, and its form was awesome. This image's head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, and its legs were of iron. Its feet were partly iron and partly clay. You watched as a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay, and broke them into pieces. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were crushed together and became like chaff from the summer threshing floor. So he explains the whole dream, which is actually <coughs> talking about What's going to happen in the future? Daniel 2.36 is the interpretation where Daniel says, this is the dream. Now we will tell you the in in interpretation of it before the king. And he talks about how kingdoms were going to come after him. He was the head of gold. A kingdom of silver was going to come. A kingdom of bronze. And on through the Chaldeans, the, the, the Persians, and the, the Greeks, and the Romans, all those were going to come behind him. <coughs> And um, number four, the application was in Daniel 3.1. And up to this point, Daniel did a great job in number one, two, and three. He got the inspiration through a dream. Number two, <coughs> he told him what the dream was. Number three, he interpreted it properly. But he was unable to steward the king to apply it correctly. Right? And he, I think he could have had... He could have had a little more influence in that, my personal feeling. But what did Nebuchadnezzar end up doing in the application? Anybody remember? He set up a, a statue of himself in the plain, and he forced everybody to come worship that statue. So the application was a little bit off. <coughs> Nebuchadnezzar had made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits, and its width six cubits. And he set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. How do we help somebody apply a word? We can only have so much influence over them, as we see here with Daniel. Well, an amazing gift. He had the ability to, 
to seek God and to find out what the actual dream was and then properly interpret it. But one thing, when we're thinking about prophesying over somebody or when we're given a word, one thing you can do is don't prophesy something to someone that you're not willing to walk through with them. Think about that. Even if you don't have the ability to do that, you, you would, right? It's something that you would want to hear for yourself, right? Don't prophesy to somebody, oh, I see you're like Job. You know, you're going to get twice as much. And it's like, wait a second, I don't want to lose everything. You know, if you're not willing to walk through it yourself, think about that word, right? Don't, don't jump into that one. But once you've judged a word to be true, do what you can to activate the word in your life. In Timothy 2, 1 through 6, Timothy was, was instructed by Paul to fight the good fight of faith. Remember when I laid hands on you. Remember what was spoken to you. Use that as a weapon to combat that which is coming against you. Ah, you're no good. You can't do it. You're, you're a loser. You, all those voices that come, use these words to formulate a strategy, right? That's what that word says. Fight the good fight. Formulate a strategy using the prophetic words. Before you process the word that says what you're going to do, process the part that says who you are. Right? So many times we try to function doing stuff before we really understand who we are. And we function out of our identity. In the world, we know people by what they do. Oh, I'm Dr. So-and-so. Oh, I'm IT director so-and-so. But in the kingdom, we do out of who we are, right? You're a son. You're a daughter. You're highly loved. You're accepted in the beloved. You're amazing. All of these identity words that, that God speaks over us. Two questions you need to firmly know to properly properly process in the kingdom and that's Jesus asking who do you say that I am so who do you say that he is <clears throat> once you clearly understand that then you can clearly understand who does he say that you are right but if you don't see who he is clearly you're not going to see who you are A lot of our uniqueness, a lot of our understanding of who we are comes from prophetic ministry, right? Because we, we see things through God's eyes. You know, if we could see how he sees us, <laughs> we would never want to be like anybody else again. The truest form of your identity is what heaven says about you, right? I love what Graham Cook says. He says, that's the new you, the true you, the real you. It's not by what you've heard in the past. It's not what people say around you. It's the true you. Think about Gideon. We, just, we were talking about Gideon earlier. Gideon heard something from the angel that, that kind of took him off guard. The angel sat there and said, mighty man of valor. The angel was declaring how heaven saw Gideon. He didn't see himself that way. He was hiding out, threshing wheat. In a wine press, because the, think about it, the Midianites were coming and stealing everything. Every single year they came in. So he was hiding. And uh, 
Heaven saw him as a mighty warrior. And many of you are mighty warriors. You're valiant. And you're not hearing what God's saying. You need to go back and look at those prophetic words that God has given you and believe it. You've got to know that it's true. You go through your prophetic words. You circle every word that speaks to your identity. So those of you who have prophetic words, you look at those, and you, you find a word that's, that's about your identity, who you are. You circle that, right? Get all those circles out of that prophetic word, and you create an I am statement, all right? You list those in line. I am, I am, I am, I am, I am. This is what heaven says you are. All right. Using the I am statement, you begin to relate to people according to the heavenly man, not according to what they have done on the earth. You must call people up to their heavenly standard, not call them out. Talk to people when, when they're not doing something right or they've, they've uh, believed a lie or something. Just say, that's not who you are. Right. Call them up to that identity. You don't call them out for, hey, what are you doing that? Quit that, you know. That's not who you are. God sees you as this. If heaven says I'm an atmosphere changer, ask God, what has to happen for that to occur? Who do I need to become? Or what do I need to do? Maybe I'm watching six hours of TV a week and praying one. What do I need to do? I need to get serious about my relationship with God, you know? Plug in. Try to, try to go for a week without plugging your cell phone in. What happens? I won't go half a day, right? You've got to plug in. You've got to get connected. We appropriate our word by implementing the changes that need to occur to become the man that heaven says I am. So like, Father, what do I need to learn? And what do I need to do in order to become that person that this word defines, you know, in that process? takes you there. I look back on some of the words that I've, that I've received, and, and we want to do this with y'all's words here in a few minutes, but <clears throat> I've created a few I am statements. Here's a word that was given from a very prophetic pastor in June 14th of 2009. My I am statement is, I am a kingdom connector. I am not as a man set on a hill, but as an eagle soaring above. I'm not limited in my vision. I will soar in God's kingdom. I am set on the edge of a powerful breaking forth. I am a calming effect that others are attracted to. In about six weeks, Debbie and I got married that year. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Here's another one uh, from um, a prophet who recently um, graduated up to heaven. He's functioning from within the cloud of witnesses, Gary Brooks. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. But he says that... I hear the sounds of heaven. I am one of God's very own. I will receive revelation. Waves of glory will settle on me. I will have accelerated growth, and I'm going to hear the sound of God's waterfall around me. Amen. Amen. And one last one, when I got ordained in, in Orlando through uh, um, Randy Clark's Global Awakening Ministry, Mark Sharona, uh, amazing prophet, 
spoke and, and one of his I am statements was that I will no longer get stuck in negative cycles one step forward, two steps back. And those are the things that, and, and when I come to the place where I start believing this and professing these and proclaiming these, things change around. Things change. You've got to get to that place. So somebody come up who's got a prophetic word. Let's go through that real quick. Okay, come on. Ah. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Bob Hazlett in September uh, of 2011. Do you want me just to do the I am statements or? So don't read the prophecy. Just, I'm sorry. I um, all right. Is that, is that I, the whole thing there? I have been a person of the letter, but now I am a person of the living word. Like that? Excellent. Because God has been breathing the word and putting his spirit inside me. Some people have thought that I was off my rocker, and that's okay because I'm going off the edge. <laughs> There was always something spiritual about me, and sometimes I thought I was weird and different, but weird and different is the new normal for me. I'm not changing. I'm becoming who I really am. Um, I'll skip this part. Um, here's one that I, I'm believing for. Um, when I was younger, I had bad dreams, but God is visiting me through his spirit right now. That's a statement of faith, God, and, and because God is beginning to speak to me through my dreams. I'm believing for that. Um, this one is, is happening. Um, God's beginning to put safe people in your life who are also hidden like you um, because you're trying to stay hidden because you started to tell people about some of the things that happened to you um, and that God was doing in your life, and they thought you were strange and weird. So God has, and this is, I'm now speaking, God has put safe people in your life who will help you grow. Also, this is going to be a year when he restores things to your hands that were taken away. Um, you keep your promises. God's going to restore things that seem to be broken. I believe that's happened. Um, here's one I'm, that's coming really right now. There is an amazing peace. And he broke off and switched to another thing. Um, but he did say that, and I've received that. Um, God's going to bring that peace um, and awesome. healing in your life. So there was more, but that was, yeah. yeah. I, I, I pay a lot of attention to this one. Yeah, that's good. He, he also said that there's a teaching gift in my life and that I would have words of knowledge for people. And that's why I'm charging like a bull because it's, it was given to me and I want it. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thank Absolutely. you. Yeah. Anybody else want to share? Want to do that as well? a few prophecies, most of them recently spoken over me, so it's kind of a list that I started consolidating. <coughs> um, so I am hungry for God, a breath of fresh air to people I come around, a bringer of joy, I'm one who will pour into others. I am good, I am a sought-after daughter of God. An encourager to others, I'm 
a teacher and I will teach people to step into their identity, uh, help them break out of bondage that I've also come out of. Um, now I'm just reading my circles. <laughs> I'm one who will speak the word of the Lord. Um, I'm meant to teach, not necessarily like a pastor or preacher, but uh, through relationships, I am a strong woman. Um, so I will apparently build God's kingdom, <laughs> as I learned this morning. And um, I am a beautiful child. I have angel wings. I'm a warrior, a sword bearer, a chain breaker, and... <laughs> I know, I got that when we were doing the activation. I'm like, this is awesome, I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, but like a prayer warrior and having that mantle literally on me. So, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes, it's like I think that the sister back there talked about um, being off the deep end, and that's the new norm and all. You know, sometimes we'll get words that that don't seem to mean anything right now. Sometimes we put those on the back burner. You know, God will bring those about at the right time. If, if you get a word over and over and over and over again, I would say that needs to be on the front burner. You know, you may need to pay a little more attention to that. If people give you similar words that that's saying the same thing, he's, he's getting a little urgent with that. But talking about words that, strategies, words, things like that, that don't make any sense, um, I like to go back to the Gideon story. You know, he w by, by any logical interpretation or, or logical definition, Gideon was not a very good strategy when he, when he decided to go against the Midianites, right? With 300 men against multiple thousands on their side, and he says, let's go in with a torch, a jug, and a horn. And church planners would not agree with that one bit. But to the natural realm, it seemed like foolishness. You know, God in his wisdom, um, what they did is they, I believe, they broke the jar. So you hear the, the crash, and you hold up the light, and they blew the horn, right? In that day, only the commander of a thousand carried a horn. They were on three sides of, of the enemy. So think about that. You're hearing 300 horns. They're thinking 300,000. They're asleep. They hear the ksh. That could sound like the brandishing of swords and then the light. They say, oh, we're surrounded. And so God in his wisdom brought that word about when we would think it was foolish. So don't ever think a word that God gives you is foolish, right? Just because you don't understand it, pursue him. Get the interpretation. And like, like Elizabeth and Nicole have both shared, if you don't have an interpretation, don't try to think one up. Don't try to remember, oh, yeah, with this dream book or that dream book, it meant this. That may not always apply because a butterfly is going to be different to you than it is to you. And it may have a special meaning to you in the back of your life. I see you as a butterfly, you know, flying through the wind and just 
it's going to mean something totally different to Shane than it would to somebody else. So let God give you that interpretation or let them steward that word and figure it out for themselves. Amen? I'm good. Yeah. Can we get some uh, quiet worship music on? Okay, we're just going to spend some time praying into some of this stuff. You know, I know it's a lot of teaching, a lot of information at you. Um, but, you know, this is something, as we grow as a culture, we can just do all the time. You know, with the, the speaking into each other. I mean, when I was in school and ministry, I mean, we would just do this for fun. Like, you just go to a coffee shop and sit around and prophesy over each other. I mean, that's just... That's what we do, and that's where we're going. It's like in our relationships, we just need to be doing this all the time. What's God saying? What's, you know, we don't need a seminar to do this. This kind of is the, the, the diving board. You know, it, it helps us to boom, and then, we, then now we can do it. I mean, we could have done it before this, but I think God is encouraging all of us to step into this just every day. You know, we can do it for each other. We can do it in evangelism. We can do it for whatever. So... I just want to encourage everybody, um, see this as a, as a diving board into something more and into just a, a change of the way we think, you know, of, of how we relate to each other, that we relate to each other on a prophetic level, that we're constantly looking for what God's doing in each other. Um, you got that music coming? Or? Um, <laughs> just going to transition into a prayer time um, and a time of... A little, a little quieter. Um, okay. We're going to transition into a prayer time and um, a time of impartation. So I want to encourage everybody to stand during this time. And just to be looking for what God wants to give you, what God wants to impart to you, what gifts God wants to drop in your lap and in your heart today. Because I believe that there are specific things for each person. That, that God has preordained for, for certain things to drop into your lap today. They're gifts. They're things you haven't earned. You haven't, some of them you haven't even asked for. <laughs> I see. But there's just things that are just being dropped. Um, when we were preparing for this, um, this seminar, I had this vision, and I just saw this whole room, and it was like it was being brought up to heaven. And I just saw like, the whole room just going up and being brought into heaven. I just believe that there's levels that God wants to release today. Levels of, of truly encountering heaven and bringing heaven to earth. And so, God, we just come before you, God. We just thank you for what you've done today, God. We thank you for the things that have been deposited, the seeds that have been planted in hearts. And, God, right now, I just want to pray in to... to some of the things we talked about with the heart stuff, God, I just thank you that you are after our hearts, God, and that you are a faithful gardener in the garden of our hearts, God. You are a faithful tender. God, you come and you're gentle, you're loving, and you're kind. And I just pray for every heart right now, God. God, over every heart that, that they each person would sense you coming in your gentle manner and coming and just just working the soil, 
working the soil and, and, and putting your finger on different things. God, only you know. Only you see our hearts, God. And so, God, I just pray a grace over each heart here, God, to, to walk this journey, this heart journey with you, to say yes to you. And even now, just, just tell the Lord, just say yes to God. Just, just have that, that conversation with him. God, yes, whatever it takes, God. We say yes to the process. We say yes to the journey. God, we say that we want to yield. We want to lay down. Thank you that you prune for greater fruitfulness, God. That even in the seasons of pruning, God, that you do so, that we would be more fruitful. That we would bear greater fruit, God. And so, God, I pray grace even for the, the pruning. The seasons of pruning that some may be going through right now, God. That your kindness would cover every heart. Your compassion and your love would cover every season of pruning. And God, I pray that these seasons would be full of encounter. God, I just bless the secret place time of each person here. God, I bless the secret place time, the encounter time, God, when it's just you and me. When it's just you and me, God, that you would bring us in deeper into the secret place. The secret place life, God. God, that that would be our lifeline in the seasons of pruning. God, that we would hear your voice. God, that your voice would be what directs us. Your voice would be what, what calms us and soothes us. Your voice would be what brings life and direction in every season, God. like the Lord's saying, just ask him. Just as we transition into just an, uh, a stirring up and an impartation of the gifts, I feel like the Lord's just saying, just ask me, even as Nicole was talking about earlier, what gifts do you want? My kids ask me for gifts all the time. It's okay. You can ask him for gifts. And he's a good father. He loves to give, give good gifts. Sing, you have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you have not labored with child. For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the marriage. Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. You will expand to the right, to the left. Your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. God, you are enlarging us. You are enlarging us. Even right now, we are being enlarged by your presence. Like a pregnant woman that grows and grows. And just when you think, I cannot be stretched anymore, you're stretched some more. And so, Father God, I pray for a powerful grace to endure, to persevere, to stay the course and then to break open 
Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I loose upon this people, I loose upon this group, the breaker anointing, the breaker anointing. I declare and I decree the breaker anointing in Jesus' name, break through, break out, overcome, take the land, go forward, don't look back, look at Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith, do not look back, says the Lord, I am opening before you double doors, says the Lord, come up here, come up now, says the Lord. I will mark you with victory. I will mark you to be a people of courage. I will mark you to be a sign and a wonder. When people around you are folding and buckling and bending, you will stand, says the Lord. You will stand, says God. I am pouring out grace upon grace upon grace for you to stand even in the places of fire. When fire comes, you will stand, you will sing a song, you will sing a love song. When everyone else is being burnt, you will stand. And when you come out of that fire, you will not smell like smoke. You will not smell like smoke. You will smell like me. You will smell like me. You will sing a love song in the night when it's dark and it will light and illuminate the path for everyone around you. Come up, come through the double doors, come into my presence and stand and smell like me. God, thank you for your breaker anointing. You go before us. You say you go before us and open double doors. You say we stand still and see the victory of the Lord on our behalf. And Father, in this holy place, I release gifts. We release gifts. We release, just like a credit card right now, into the ATM machine, a debit card. No debt in the kingdom a debit card into the ATM machine. Daddy, I want this gift. Right now, your faith, it is by faith. Don't look around. Engage with Dad. I want this gift, Lord. Take that card out and put that card inside your heart. Father, thank you that you're going to ignite and you're going to show us how to use it and you're going to cause us to be good stewards. Father, I pray for the right stewarding of your gifts. God, your glory on display. I'm not, God, we're not going to be afraid to be used by you. We're not going to be afraid to be a glorious people. You say, I don't share my glory with another, but we're not just another, Lord. We're not just another. That's, that is such a religious thing. Oh, God doesn't share his glory. No, God, we're your child. We're one with you. Father, you pour out, you said in those last days, I will pour out my spirit and people will see. God, we will be a people that is marked by your presence and your glory, operating in the power of your gifts, operating in the, in the victory of your spirit with courage in our hearts. I 
I pray for angelic encounters from this time forth. I pray for an awareness, an alertness of heart, dreams and visions in the night, dreams and visions in the day. God, awaken our spiritual senses, all of them, to be the right manifestation and demonstrator of kingdom life on this earth. saw God removing um, scales from eyes and something kind of unplugging the ears and I just believe that even now there's a grace for those that have felt like you can't see those that have felt like you can't hear where there's been a blindness or you felt there hasn't been but you felt like there is I just see Jesus coming in the room and just touching eyes touching ears and he's saying you will hear you will see you will he- hear, you will see, so believe it. Receive that word by faith, that's for you. You will see, you will hear. Thank you, Jesus. So God, I just thank you, God. I thank you for what you've done today, God. I thank you for all the seeds that you've planted. God, all the gifts that have been stirred up. And God, we just say, keep stirring. Keep stirring. Even as we we go out from here, God, I, I believe that, God, we're in a new place with you than even we were yesterday, God. That we're in a new place where there's a new grace for encounter over each life and each heart. And God, I just thank you, God. I thank you for each person that's that's taken this time, God, because they're hungry to hear from you. They're hungry to live a prophetic life, God. We are all hungry. And God, I just thank you, God, that you see each heart and that you're meeting each heart. I said, I just want to encourage everybody just to go out from here with the same, you know, just that excitement to really do stuff, to just keep doing it, to keep releasing the prophetic into the atmosphere everywhere we go. Um, feel free, if you, you know, have any testimonies from today or any feedback, feel free to let me know. Um, we're hoping to be able to do maybe a part two of this down the road because we just kind of had to skim over a lot of different things. There's obviously way more in the prophetic than even what we talked, you know, touched on. But um, this is a good, you know, starting place. So thanks, everyone, for coming out, and blessings on the rest of your day.